Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Hey, we're in a series, uh, in our December series, and this series is called Hope in Every Season. And I love the title of that because I came up with it. Not really. I love the title because, because it, it, it's so true that we need hope in every season. And this Christmas, you may find yourself in a different kind of a season. We're all probably going through different seasons at different times. And who knows, though, generally speaking, there, there is some hard seasons around. You don't have to look far. You don't have to go to too many petrol stations to see that seasons can get hard or go and try and buy your groceries for your family that last year cost half the price. And you realize at times, and we can be in tough seasons in life, or maybe you're facing a health season, a season at work, a financially difficult season, financially, whatever the season, we just want you to know though there is hope in every season because who knows that hope does not come from your circumstances it comes from Christ hope does not come from the situation you're in hope comes from the salvation you have hope doesn't come from things around you it's not trying to get something around you hope comes from in you it's called Christ in you the hope of glory that's his name he's in you so you've got that hope on the inside of you this morning. And we need that hope to get out of, our, out of my mouth, into our hearts, and into our homes. As we said last week, hope is not a feeling. Hope is not fluctuating. Hope is like an anchor for your soul, Hebrews says. And an anchor is not a feeling. An anchor is stable and secure. And when the storms come to hit your boat, you've got an anchor for your soul called hope that will keep you where you need to be. It might sway you a bit, but you'll only move around in the circumference of God's hand and blessing because you're secured by hope. And that's the kind of hope that we have to get into our homes, into our marriages, into our families, into the way we raise our kids. I was actually, uh, recently I was in, sitting in a sauna. I've got a few sermon sauna, sauna stories. This is a new one. And I was in the sauna. Saunas are intimate places. I love the sauna. I love sweating it out. Got my friend Rowan here. We had a bit of a sauna ministry going on over there at Mundaring for a while, didn't we? And it was really, we love the sauna. The problem with the sauna is, though, if you get into an interesting conversation, you cannot maintain it for very long. Because, you know, if I was given three weeks to live, I would sit in a sauna. It would feel like an eternity, man. I'd be ready to go. Because it's just so hard to get. And there's this young lady there and an older gentleman, and they're talking. And so I come in halfway, and I, I love sauna conversations. They're really interesting. And she's saying to him, she said, you know, there's no way I'll have kids today. And I said, oh, and, I, and he says, why is that? She goes, you would not want to bring kids up in this world. She's about late 20s. You would not want to bring kids up in this world. Sorry if there's any pregnant people here, by the way. This is getting depressing. She said, you, you would not want to bring kids up in this world. There's no way. And I couldn't believe it. Part of my heart sort of grieved. She goes, oh, the world around us. And... Then it grieved even more when the older guy goes, oh, yeah, he really supported it. He's like, I couldn't agree more. Like That would be child abuse to bring a child into the world right now. And I just thought, no, that's just a lie from the devil. That's just a lie. Come on, we should be. I personally think, man, let's bring children into the world because we are people of hope. And the darker the world gets, the lighter we, brighter we should shine. You know, I love that saying, don't curse the darkness, light a candle. 
Come on, the world can curse how bad things are getting and it's so bad. We have hope as an anchor for our soul and we should be so optimistic, positive people because we are the drug dealers of hope. Come on, if we're dealing something, we want hope to be as contagious as COVID. Come on, we want people to catch it like that when they're around you, that they feel like there's something worth living for. There's something that gets you out of bed in the morning and it's called the hope of Christ. The hope of Christ in you, the hope of glory. I, I, I'm encouraging myself in this message. You know, I want to call this message Hope, uh, the Voice of Hope. And it's just a short sermon, so don't panic. I've just got three slides, one scripture. If you're going there, uh, it's going to be in Luke chapter 23. Not really a Christmas uh, uh, character, but a character around Jesus who needed hope. Uh, the Voice of Hope makes a difference. Have you ever had somebody come to you at the, a vulnerable time in your life, very vulnerable, and the words they speak make it even worse. Come on. Uh, and they just make it worse. And it can just take you from where you are, just surviving, to dying. But sometimes there are other people that will come into your life and when they speak, they carry the voice of hope. And you know the phone calls to make when you need to make that phone call to have that person in your life. I really pray you have people in your life that are a voice of hope for you. That, that when they speak, you know, they, they, they want to hear your voice because out of your voice, out of the, when, when sounds come out of your mouth, it's not just sounds because who knows that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so when we speak, we can speak life. And when you're giving out hope, it is actually going to impact somebody. And we want to have a voice of hope to people around us. We want this community of Kalamunda and beyond to know that if you ever rock up here, nine o'clock on a Sunday morning, you're going to hear some hope in this place. You're going to hear some life in this place. You're not going to hear about all the bad stuff. We're going to be people of hope. And that's what the world really needs right now. We live in a hopeless world, but we are full of hope. And that's what we're called to to traffic around the place. I'll use that word traffic because my friend down at Mandra Church of Christ, East Lake Church, that's part of their new vision statement, hope traffickers. We've actually got that. We are hope traffickers. They, uh, I, I know their vision statement, I don't even go there, and that's how powerful it is. Jesus followers, hope traffickers, and we are your local church. So Josh Edwards, if you're ever listening, there's the plug for uh, Mandra. I feel pretty safe, no one's going to drive to Mandra for church on a Sunday morning around here, but if you do, it's a great church, you'll enjoy it anyway. But we are to spread hope. I want to read Luke chapter 23, and we've been looking at Christmas, but I'm going to sidetrack a bit for this morning. I reckon this is probably the last Christmas gift that Jesus gave before he went on the cross. It says this, uh, Luke 23, verse 32. This is when Jesus is being crucified. So yes, he was a baby at Christmas time, but who knows that cradle had a purpose to get to a cross. Who knows that he was uh, this vulnerable little baby. He made the trees that made the cradle. He, he made the trees that made the cross and there he was going to give himself to it. Isn't it awesome that Jesus' life was never taken from him? But he gave his life. He gave it from us. He wasn't murdered, it was given. And God gave him for you and me, the greatest Christmas gift. And as he's been uh, on, he's on the cross and he's been crucified. And if you know anything about crucifixion, uh, it's not a holiday and it's quite painful. And he's dying of suffocation. And this is what happens. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals. One on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. 
Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and he said, if you are, and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Isn't it interesting that we looked at a couple of weeks ago when the enemy came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God. And then this guy, uh, this, this guy's like, if you are the king of the Jews, always questioning and trying to get us to challenge our identity. Verse 38, there was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals, this is where it gets interesting, who hung there, uh, hurled insults at him and said, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. One last try, you know, like if he, if he did all that magic stuff, he's thinking if he can walk on water, maybe I could get him one last thing out of him now. Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. Catch this line. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And this, this, this criminal on the cross is in a hopeless, hopeless situation. It couldn't get much more hopeless, really. It's at the, the very end, and he's seeing his, uh, his life flashing before his eyes. But he's about to receive the last Christmas gift, the gift that Christ could give to this person. And I just want to say to you that even Jesus, in his ministry, all the way up to on the cross, he loves hopeless situations. It's like God is attracted to hopelessness, because he knows he is what that hopelessness needs. It's like he's attracted to it. I mean, you think about it all through the Bible. Noah um, was in a hopeless situation where everyone was too sinful and God's going to bring a flood, but he had Noah. He gave Noah away. In a hopeless situation, he made a way for Noah. Think about um, Sarah and Abram, too old, was their hopeless situation to have children. And Isaac would be born because God loves to see a hopeless situation and see someone who will trust him. And so I don't know whether think how, how old, uh, you know, maybe there's some dreams in your life, some visions, and you feel like, oh, I've got too old for that. And God wants to go, no, it's just the beginning. I want to rebirth some hope in you because I did it for Abraham and Sarah when they were way too old, but it's never too late with God. What about uh, Jericho was too strong, the city of Jericho? And God, too strong to be defeated, the first city in the promised land, and God's people get around and lift up their voices in praise, and God makes a way in something where there was no way. I want to encourage you this morning, if you're facing a dead end, it is just the beginning of God's hope in your life to bring you through. Dead ends can get exciting if we trust in God. What about David and Goliath? Uh, everyone said he's too big. David said, you're right, he's too big to miss. Come on, let's take this guy on. And he threw that rock and he said, this situation looks hopeless to you, but I'm full of hope. I cannot miss that monster. What about Daniel in the lion's den? This is where everyone would have thought it's too late. Daniel's been thrown in the lion's den and the king wishes he could turn back the hands of time, but he can't save him and he's in there. But God has a way to look after a praying man and shut the mouth of lions in a hopeless situation. God did a work, amen? What about at the beginning in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell and sinned and sin come into the world? How hopeless was that? Humanity fallen Sin now in the world, relationship with God, we were now spiritually dead, as I said before. This, when, when God said, you know, when, when you eat of that fruit, you will surely die. Who knows, they did not die physically straight away. But spiritually, their relationship with God was dead. 
And that's right from then in this hopeless, dead situation, God rocks up and he says something because he carries the voice of hope. And he says something in Genesis 3.15 and he's, uh, you know, what's happened there? They're playing the blame game. Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the devil. The devil really has nowhere to go. He can only blame, you know, I am the devil. And so God comes up, rocks up and says and makes a promise with his words of hope. And he says, I will put enmity, enmity between you and the woman, catch this, and between your seed and her seed. And right there, and he's saying, you, he will, you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. That is a promise of hope right in the first book, uh, book of the Bible in a hopeless situation. But notice she says to the woman, your seed. I read that and thought, women don't have seed. Between your seed and her seed. But who knows, right from the start, this is the Christmas hope being prophesied. This is the Christmas hope that there's going to come one who's going to crush your head, but it's going to be through a woman, but it's going to be the Holy Spirit's seed, but she's going to provide half because this person is going to be God, fully God and fully man. He's going to be fully man that he can identify with you and me and on our behalf understand what it is to be thirsty, but yet walk on water because he's fully man, but he's fully God. To understand what it is to be tired, because Jesus needed to rest, but he also knew, knew how to raise a dead man from the dead in his sleep. Fully man, fully God. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, the virgin birth, because he was not contaminated by human blood. It would be Eve's seed, not another seed, not a man's seed. So the sinful human going through history, going through our veins uh, century after century would not touch Jesus as a virgin Mary would become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and then would give birth to fully God, fully man, Jesus, so that he can both mediate now on our behalf as a man to God for us. It's such good news, the gospel, that you should just keep hearing it all the time. It should never get old in our life. Amen. It's such good news. The voice of hope. And back, let's go back to this guy on the cross, this criminal. He's at a hopeless situation. And then let's read these words. My last slide says this. He looks to him. He looks at this guy, looks to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I love that. He's dying breaths, and he's like, I'm going to reach out to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly I tell you, you will pay for your sins today. <laughs> Truly I tell you, you don't deserve anything from me. Truly I tell you, can't you see I'm busy right now? <laughs> Truly I tell you, can you send an email to my office and I'll meet you next week? Truly I tell you, no, he says, Truly I tell you, with eyes of love to this dying criminal, this man that knew he was a sinner in need of saving, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise and you can have hope right now in this hopeless situation. You've just found hope. See, there was one criminal on one side that was mocking Jesus. He was on the cross of rejection. You know what he had, the Bible calls? Worldly sorrow. He, he was just sorry he got caught. He's just sorry he's paying for the price. And, and the Bible says that uh, uh, godly sorrow leads to repentance, to turn and change, but worldly sorrow leads to death. And that's where he was. He was in this cross of rejection. But this other guy, this guy that said, hey, mate, the Aussie version, hey, mate, Aussie Bible, he said, we're up here. You, you, what are you doing? Like, this guy's done nothing wrong. He's recognizing Jesus for who he is. 
And not only that, if my Bible, your Bible says, no, it doesn't, it's a different verse. And not only that, he's, he's, on, he's on this side and he's saying, this guy doesn't deserve this, but we do. He has godly sorrow. And godly sorrow leads to repentance. Jesus, remember me. He, Jesus knew this man's heart. See, he's on the cross of reception. He's receiving Jesus because on the middle is a cross called redemption. And the word redeem means to buy back, to get back. And the cross of redemption is there. And he's looking to that. He's not going to reject him. He wants to receive him. He needs that redemption because all along, God has been dying to get his kids back. Died to get his kids back. And he saw this man with eyes of humility to say, I need the cross of redemption in his heart, in his life. So good that Jesus offers that today to us. He offers it to you in any hopeless situation. In whatever season you're in, there is hope found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So just a couple of thoughts as I read that and was mulling over that this week to encourage you is that when you have a voice of hope, you don't bring condemnation. Jesus didn't condemn him. Jesus didn't badger him. Jesus didn't condemn him. He just said, gave him total grace. Why could he do that? Because he was taking every sin that that man had ever done on his shoulders right there in front of him. And he knew that he was paying the price for that debt. Have you ever received a really big bill in the mail and you're just like, man, how are we going to pay this? Well, this guy had one eternally that he could not pay. And Jesus knew that he was paying the debt. I can offer you paradise. I can offer you freedom from your sin today. And he doesn't condemn. The Bible says in Romans 8, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. There is no condemnation because he who knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. So that you could know God. He can know him in a personal, intimate way. Come on, we should be people that aren't condemning. We shouldn't be looking at other people and going, I can't believe they're doing that. I mean, if they're not a Christian, they're a sin factory. And sin factories produce something called Sin. And that's what, without God, we, so we shouldn't be surprised that the world is so sinful. It's a sin factory. And we shouldn't be pointing fingers because the moment we point one, we've got three pointing back at us. Amen. And so we should be the voice of hope. And I'm, what I'm saying with that is just not bringing condemnation, but bringing people the hope that Jesus can give them. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you a hope. And a future. Come on, when we are excited about our future, we are never more fully alive. Is that true? When you really are, you know, something in you that you're, you're living for something. Well, imagine living for something that never fades. Living for something that doesn't wear out. Living for something that isn't like the Christmas gift that wears out and you need more batteries to get it going again. But living for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for salvation. And we are living for the salvation of this community and every person in it. Amen. That's why we breathe each morning to see people as God sees them. Now, another thing I thought is uh, the voice of hope is always future focused. You know, this guy could not get off his cross and go and change his past. And there are people sitting in this room that you've been uh, letting things weigh you down that happened in the past or things that you did in the past. And it's in the past. You cannot go back and change the past. And the gospel is the voice of hope says, I know that. I realize you can't. The voice of hope says, but guess what? You can certainly change your future. 
The past is irreparable. The future is redeemable in Jesus' name. You can start afresh today, brand new, and see the past taken off of you in Jesus' name. Come on, that's why we, need, we have a big window in the front of our car and just a tiny little rearview mirror because it should just be a glance behind and remember, oh, yeah, that's where I came from. I don't, I'm so thankful for, for that where God brought me, but, hey, I'm focusing on the future. God's got things for us as a church, for you in your life, corporate, uh, individually, for you in your business, for you in your workplace. God's got a big, wide future, and He's wanting you to dream with Him and be full of hope for the next season in this season that you are in. And as the team come back up, we're going to close with a song shortly. But I want to give anyone here, I don't know, a lot, a lot, some people here I don't know, which is good, every week we like to give opportunity to receive the hope of Jesus. Right here, right now. It changed my life as a 10-year-old in a service like this, walking to the front and saying, you know what, I need Jesus. And I haven't been perfect ever since. Amen. My mum and dad are here to prove it and say amen. (laughs) But you know what, when you receive that hope, he never leaves you nor forsakes you. And he's with you through the ups and the downs. See, the voice of hope will always lift you up. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up again. Why? Because God is with him. He's righteous. You're not defined by your your behavior. You're defined by Jesus. So good. (laughs) I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus wants to give you a voice of hope in your life for this season. Whatever you're facing, that there is hope, not a hope so that is like like just airy-fairy, but a no-so that is an anchor in your soul. That really stabilizes you as a person of hope. I know for me, just on a personal note, I'm, I'm, wanting to, I'm praying, God, help me live this out more in my, in my family, with my kids, with my life, with, with my wife, with my life, with everything, Lord. It doesn't mean that we are fake and, and not real and not transparent and don't go through hard times. That's, that's all part of it. But what it means is that in every hard season, in every storm, you're a person of hope. He's in you. He's with you. And if you've never received Jesus this morning, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now to come, to walk down the front publicly, like people have expressed today publicly, and say yes to Jesus. If you're here and you don't know that your sins are forgiven, you are like that man on the cross. We are all like him at some stage. We are all dead in our sin. And we need to be born again. We need the forgiveness of Jesus. What he died for was your forgiveness to set you free from the punishment of your sin. And it's something on the inside of you pumping away going, I'm a sinner in need of saving. I've looked to this and I've looked to that. Well, the Bible says that for God so loves you so much, he so loved the world in John 3, 16, that he gave his one and only son. And whoever, whoever, I'm just a whoever, you're just a whoever. You don't need to be special because God loves you. He sees you as special. Whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but would have eternal life. And that eternal life is a relationship with God that starts now. The moment you receive Him. His free gift. What an awesome thing this Christmas to receive, yeah? Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray and close the service off shortly. But would you bow and close your eyes if you're comfortable too. Father, I just thank you for this morning. As we stand in your presence this morning, we thank you for hope afresh in our hearts. We thank you, Father, that we are filled with all joy and hope as we believe. In our believing and trust in you, that just fills us afresh this morning. I just speak that over every person, over every relationship. 
over every situation, over every difficulty. Lord, I pray for people that are at the end of their rope this morning. Would you be there now? That's the best place to be. Get to the end of your rope and start with Jesus, that they would give their hearts to you.